Chapter Twenty Five of In Search of Treasure by Horatio Alger, Jr. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Five Captain Richmond Captain Grover went on board the Osprey when she was ready to sail. Captain Richmond, said the old captain, this is my young friend, Guy Fenwick who has engaged you to take him to one of the agalagus islands captain richmond was a tall dark-complexioned man with a sallow skin and an unpleasant expression of countenance Humph, a boy he said in a tone by no means cordial yes a boy captain richmond but quite as much entitled to consideration as a man he represents the wealthiest english merchant in bombay captain richmond shrugged his shoulders i don't half like leaving the direct course he said it seems like a crazy idea he seemed determined to make himself disagreeable guy felt it and he more than ever regretted that he was not to sail with his friend captain grover the latter was considerably annoyed and he said sharply i take it captain richmond that this is no concern of yours this young man has made a contract with the owners and he has agreed to pay them well for the extra length of the voyage it strikes me captain grover that you are taking a liberty in talking to me in this style said captain richmond angrily i am the captain not you true but i know the captain's duties the owners have made a certain agreement with my young friend here and it is as his friend that i warn you that this contract must be carried out in good faith i will thank you to mind your own business retorted captain richmond wrathfully i propose to do so and should you attempt to interfere with guy in carrying out his plans i will report this conversation to the owners of the osprey this was said so sternly and in such a determined tone that captain richmond did not dare to reply he turned on his heel without a word and walked away i am afraid i shall have trouble with the captain said guy when the latter was out of hearing i wish so much that you were in command i wish so too guy but you understand why i have taken a vacation evidently captain richmond doesn't like the idea of leaving the direct course no but it is none of his business this is a matter between you representing mr saunders and the owners i think my being a boy may lead to his treating me with less ceremony the only thing to do guy is to stick up for your rights even if you are a boy your rights are just the same should the captain break the contract you could of course withhold the money you have agreed to pay the owners and this would get him into hot water you advise me then to be firm surely it is your right and your duty and by the way guy you will remember that you are not alone you have two strong and able assistants who are not boys but independent men they will help you to enforce your rights i see that your advice to me was good had i gone alone i am afraid my plans would have failed 
does the captain know why i want to visit the island i presume so probably he thinks it a foolish enterprise and that may account in part for his cavalier treatment of you of course it is none of his business and you need not hesitate to hint as much if he begins to talk roughly guy considered this good advice and determined to act upon it he felt that he must deport himself in a manner which might be unbecoming in an ordinary boy but was called for by the fact that he was acting for mr saunders it was his duty to guard the interests of his employer when he bade good-bye to captain grover he felt a presentiment that the voyage on which he had embarked would be an unpleasant one and that captain richmond would make it so but guy had pluck and though he expected a conflict he did not fear it the first outbreak came very soon after the sailing of the osprey dinner was announced guy was of course to eat at the captain's table but when he entered he found that no seats had been placed for his two assistants how is this captain richmond said guy as he took his seat i see no places at the table for mr titcombe and mr clark they will eat with the sailors replied the captain curtly i beg pardon captain richmond said guy calmly though he was very angry i will consent to no such arrangement you won't eh snarled the captain who was the captain of this craft you or i you sir but my arrangement was not made with you but with messrs gray these men are your servants i don't have servants at my table they are not my servants they like myself are in the employ of mr saunders of bombay i don't know mr saunders perhaps not but i do i know that unless these gentlemen are treated with proper respect and consideration he will refuse to pay the sum he has contracted to give your owners i am an english captain and do not care to meet common men on an equality these men whom you call common are as good as you or myself one of them is the brother-in-law of captain grover the other is his friend but above all they are american citizens and as such are entitled to respect i haven't much respect for a yankee muttered the captain i won't argue with you on that point though i am myself a yankee returned guy i will however call your attention to the contract i made with your owners the messrs gray it is expressly stated that these men are to be received as first-class passengers and to be treated as such will you be kind enough to cast your eyes over this document captain richmond reluctantly took from guy's hand the paper he extended to him and looked over it it was as guy had stated titcombe and clark were designated as first-class passengers and were to be treated as such i am surprised said the captain in a tone of annoyance that mrs gray should have made such an agreement it is conclusive however returned guy coldly 
will you kindly see that the seats are placed for my two companions it shall be done at the next meal today they can eat as soon as we have finished though guy might have demanded more than this he did not care to make a fuss he felt that in the controversy he had carried his point guy spoke of the matter afterward to the two men why exclaimed abner titcombe the mean upstart so he thinks we are not fit to sit at the table with his royal highness does he if i had him at my home in maine we would soon see who is the best man i wouldn't have consented to eat with the sailors said luke clark though there isn't a sailor aboard that i don't feel as much respect for as i do for captain richmond but i know that he meant to insult and degrade us and i have too much respect for myself as an american citizen to allow that though guy had carried his point neither he nor his companions enjoyed their meals at the captain's table the only other person who sat there was the mate and he would often be on duty so that he would not eat at the same time with them his name was forbush and he was a new hampshire man as agreeable as the captain was morose generally there was very little conversation at mealtime captain richmond addressed guy but seldom vouchsafed a word to titcombe or clark i wish forbush were captain said abner titcombe one day he is one of our own people while captain richmond has no sympathy for us i wonder why the owners gave the command to such a man added luke clark he is an experienced seaman and understands his business so captain grover told me i suppose that accounts for it answered guy i am afraid we shall see trouble before the end of the voyage said titcombe lowering his voice i will tell you what i heard of the captain from one of the sailors End of chapter 25